in Luke's Gospel. The word of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke. When the hour had come, Jesus sat down and the twelve apostles were with him. And he said to them, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. We pray that you would bless us as your people this morning. Lord, help us to to prepare our hearts as we prepare to, uh, to feast at your table. We pray that you would bless us as your people. We pray that you would search us. Lord, we want to feast with you. We want to be your people. And we want to follow your son Jesus more dearly and more closely. We pray all this in his name. Amen. So why communion? That's uh, probably a question that's entered your mind before as we gather together at the table. You've probably thought, why? what's the significance of this? And why is it something that we do? We know that it's something the church has done for 2,000 years. We know that it's something that uh, Christians around the globe uh, throughout the centuries have done. And we know that it's something that even today, people in congregations all over the city of Atlanta, all over the state of Georgia, all throughout the United States, and all around the globe are doing, is are gathering at a table and are feasting on bread and sharing from a cup of crushed grapes. And the first reason I would give to you of why we celebrate communion and still do so is quite simple. Jesus said so. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. It was understood that it was an instruction from Jesus. It was an ordinance, you might call it. It was a command that he gave instructions that he gave to his disciples and interestingly enough most communion tables uh, have uh, engraved across the front of them in this do in remembrance of me or just in remembrance of me jesus told us to celebrate the eucharist the the great thanksgiving to celebrate holy communion and you know as people repetition is good for us Doing something over and over again is actually beneficial to us. That's why, uh, that's why in grammar school, that's, that's what it's all about. Those first four years of education are all about memorizing, all about repetition, all about repeating things over and over again. That's how you learn to spell. It's how you learn what a, what a noun is and what's the difference between a noun and a pronoun. It's how you learn to do math. It's how you learn uh, to multiply. It's how you even learn to speak. As we've got a couple of babies among us, they'll start copying mommy and daddy, copying those sounds, and they'll make the same sounds over and over again, teaching their vocal cords how to make those sounds. 
And repetition is always good for us. We, we repeat celebrations of birthdays every year. We repeat and celebrate Christmas every year because repetition is good for us. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, and, and in so doing, we are being reminded of Jesus' death in our behalf. I remember my pastor, Roman Miller, growing up, he used to say that there are times in life where he has to preach to himself. Like the psalmist, he has to say, self, why are you down? Think about this. Um, communion's one of those things that the, that, the, that the church does that reminds us of something that we ought to always remember, of something that we ought to always bear in mind, and that is that Christ died in our behalf. But the Apostle Paul in his, second, uh, or his first epistle to the Corinthians when he's talking about communion, he says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. And so communion doesn't just remind us about Jesus' death on our behalf, but it also proclaims Jesus' death to the world, to those that are outside. Um, <coughs> Jesus gave us communion to celebrate, and he said to celebrate it. And so we celebrate communion because Jesus said so. But we celebrate communion also because we need sacraments. And that's kind of a weird thing to hear in a world as modern as ours and as technologically advanced as ours that we need sacraments. It's kind of a weird word too. Um, most of us think of sacraments as holy things, but the word itself actually means a mystery. Sacraments, those mysteries that God has given to His church, Holy Communion and Holy Baptism, because they are sacraments, because of their sacramental and mysterious nature, they, they do a very interesting thing for us. And it's, a very, it's actually a very practical thing for us. They get, they get us out of our own heads. They are mysteries, after all. And as such, they're not meant to be understood exhaustively, but are meant to be experienced trustingly. You know, we, we're... we're one of the things that we that we tend to do is ask that question, "Why?" Uh, Pippin's in that in that stage of life where I swear we answer that question at least three dozen times a day. And I'm I'm trying to be reasonable here. It might be even more. Why this? Why that? Why this other thing? Pippin, you need to get your shoes on. Why? I'm like, oh my goodness. As but as people, we're we're constantly trying to figure things out. We're constantly trying to process things. And those sac the sacraments, Holy Baptism and Holy Communion, those are things that we can't fully understand because at their very nature, they are sacraments. They are mysteries. They're things that, that Jesus gave to his church to simply do. Um, as the philosopher Peter Kraft often says, and I often quote, Jesus said, take and eat, not take and understand. And so they are things to, to, to be experienced trustingly and as we experience them trustingly as we are 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 washed in the waters of baptism as we are feasting uh on on the bread and the cup they strengthen our faith they are small acts of trust things that we don't understand things that like as children we don't understand when mom and dad say no about something that seems harmless Put the ketchup bottle away. You, you simply obey out of trust. They do strengthen our faith 
as we, as we interact with the sacraments. They're small acts of trust that actually pay big dividends. No, they cannot save you in and of themselves, but they can surely feed you, nourish you, and grow you in faith. And so we do need sacraments despite living in a very post-sacramental world. The third reason I would give for you that, uh, of why we celebrate communion is because God uses matter. And this seems kind of a, an odd thing as well, that God uses matter. But God is always working in our lives through material means. Now, I, I, I've seen a couple of, couple of folks sharing something today on Facebook, just this morning even, about, I think, Jesse Duplantis raising funds for a new private jet or something like that. It's got everybody all a buzz and stir, and I saw that there's a, a, a there's a church that uh, uh, out in Texas that has a ninety million dollar budget a year. Bill, can you imagine a ninety million dollar church budget? And that's got everybody a stir. Um, and so I say God uses matter, not in a in a in a materialistic hey God wants us to be healthy, wealthy, and wise all the time type way. But you think about every way that God works in your life. Think about some of the things that we were expressing as, as uh, reasons for giving thanks this morning. All of those things, all the ways that God works in our lives are both spiritual and physical at the same time. We are physically spiritual and we are spiritually physical. You think about the things that you do to grow spiritually. What do you do? You read your Bible. You go to church. You say your prayers. Even if you say, yeah, but I don't verbalize my prayers. I don't say them out loud. Okay, well, you're still thinking something. That brain is still working. Whether you kneel for prayer or stand for prayer or stay lying down in the bed for prayer, whether you close your eyes or keep them open. Some of you might notice that I sometimes pray with my eyes open and I still feel weird doing it, but especially if I've got stuff written down, that's how you got to pray. Or if you're driving in the car, you better be praying with your eyes open. But regardless of what we're doing, if we say it's a spiritual act, it's actually something that we're doing physically because God has, has he's made us physically spiritual human beings. He's made us to be people who are, who are um, irrevocably wed to our material bodies. God uses matter. And, he, and so it's not surprising that he gives to his church material acts, material sacraments to grow in him, to be brought into his family through the waters of baptism, to be fed at his table through Holy Communion. God uses matter. But also food is fellowship. That's a motto that we have in our house, and typically what that means is nobody's getting up from the table until everybody's getting up from the table. You can get up and go to the restroom, sure, but you're not done eating until, Lindsay always says, until the queen's done. And when the queen's done, then everybody's done. You know how, it works, how they do it in Britain? But food is fellowship. Did anybody see on the news just this week uh, about the spelling bee winner? Anybody know that there was the, the big spelling bee was this week? Do you remember the word? Does anybody remember the word that was the winning word of the spelling bee? Bill knows that he can't put his finger on it. It was the word koinonia. Koinonia, K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. I know how to spell it because when I was at Wesley College, we started the Koinonia Cafe, both of them with K's for alliteration purposes. But koinonia is a Greek word that, that means fellowship. 
It means, it means uh, commonality. Uh, it, and koinonia is that word that pops up in the book of Acts where it talks about the fellowship of the early church and how they had all things in common. They, they gathered daily in the temple. They met from house to house, breaking bread together, eating their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, having favor with one another. It's that koinonia fellowship that is actually the lifeblood of the church. It's in that koinonia context that the book of Acts tell us, tells us that the, the church began to grow exponentially, that the gospel began to, to run wild throughout the Roman Empire. Koinonia, food is fellowship. When uh, we were at a country church in Mississippi, uh, Salem Independent Methodist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, if we said on the back of the bulletin we're going to have a fellowship next week, that meant everybody's bringing food because food is fellowship. We, we, we always associate the two together. And so God has given to us a meal as a people to bring us together, to, to share a cup, to share a loaf together. Communion connects us to a fellowship that's really beyond ourselves. Last week in the Apostles' Creed, we declared, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. And anytime you hear that word Catholic, it may stand out in your mind uh, like, wait a minute, Catholic. But you'll notice that that C is a little C because when I talk about the Roman Catholic Church, which it didn't come up uh, or didn't become a thing until hundreds of years after the Creed was written. But we, we believe in, in the worldwide church, the church that transcends time and space, the church that, that goes beyond geographical borders and temporal borders. Because to be Catholic is to, be, is to understand that there is one church, one church that is, that is worldwide, that is universal. Communion connects us to a fellowship that is really beyond ourselves. Because like we said, uh, there are people celebrating communion that are breaking bread together all throughout this city, this community, all throughout the world, even today, even at this moment. And so we are gathering at a table that transcends both geography and temporality. It's a foretaste of glory. In fact, Jesus twice in Luke's account of the gospel tells his disciples that he will wait to celebrate this meal, that he will wait to, to, to drink uh, of the fruit of the vine until he is able to do so in glory, until he is able to do so at the full coming of the kingdom. And so it's, it's kind of a foreshadowing uh, thing that happens where we are being connected to people 2,000 years ago, to people who come after us, to people um, uh, all around the world even now as we fellowship together and as we declare together that we are God's children brought into his family uh, to share a meal at a table together. And the last reason I would offer to you this morning about why we celebrate communion is that Jesus hosts well. He is a good host. He is one who invites all, who throws the doors open. You'll notice that in the gospel, even Judas is given bread and wine. Even Jesus' betrayer, and the Gospels tell us that Jesus is well aware that Judas has already taken the silver. He perhaps might even have it on him at the moment. And Jesus still breaks bread with him because he invites all who would come, 
all who, who would gather at the table, all who are willing. He invites all, and as a good host, he also shows up himself. He meets us at the table. He meets us in the breaking of bread. He invites us to come because this is his table and his meal, and he promises to be here with us and to fellowship with us as we gather and as we break bread together.